Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for joining me tonight. My name is GOP Josh. As always, GOPJosh.com is our website. And joining me today is a conservative commentator and the sometimes host of the Heck Off Comma YouTube show. His name is John Doyle. John Doyle, welcome to the program today, sir. How are you? I am doing absolutely spectacular, GOP Josh. I could not be more excited to be here with you. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to get into the topics. And I'm excited to take our country back one broadcast at a time. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for joining me. So the main question I got is you're doing these shows, you're doing your interviews, you're doing what you're doing. Why are you not making content on your YouTube channel? Uh, that's an excellent question. I ask myself that every morning, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't view myself as a content creator, which perhaps is contradicted by my bio on social media. I view myself more as a, I self-identify as a calculated political actor. And I don't know. I just, I make content. I really enjoy making content, but getting into making content was sort of my, uh, 18 year old, view of where the best inflection point between my skills was, but I don't think that that'll be my final chair necessarily. So I've been branching into other elements of politics. Um, I don't really discuss them because, you know, I don't really feel like I need to um, in the sense that a lot of people want to publish every sort of, you know, political victory that they get to kind of aid in their own, I guess, uh, perception as like a figure. I don't really do that necessarily. Um, I don't know. So I'm trying to get more consistent with the content. We've got a few big fires that we're putting out right now behind the scenes. And then hopefully by the end of, uh, I think first quarter this year, we'll be, you know, consistent with the content. Some other things are dropping, but I will tell you GOP Josh, and I haven't announced this yet. So this is an exclusive scoop. Let's go. There are two very major things planned for this month in terms of content output. Uh, one that is directly produced by me, one that I will be featured on. And I think there's another piece of content that I will be producing this month that is less significant, but still very significant. So uh, we just need the plan trusters to hold out for just a little bit longer so that we can all come together for the imminent plan, not trust or genocide. We are all trusting the plan, my friend. So let's hop into the issues. Then I wanted to get that out there. I, I got, I think probably five emails at least. When is John making content? Why is he doing your D-list show when he's not making his own content? So, Okay, first of all, I need you to forward to me the contact information <laughs> for those who claim that GOP Josh is D-list. This is the most ambitious piece of content probably that we've seen on the right wing since I think I mentioned this to you, probably the, the first GOP debate very in true. 2015, uh, which I remember you and I watched together. So, Yes, sir. Very true. So let's hop into it. Uh, did you watch the State of the Union last night? Uh, no, I did not. All right, well... Uh, all I remember from it, I watched it, is he's going to lower the prices. And if you try to not to lower the price, he's going to, uh, to veto it. So I was going to ask you what you thought of the speech. You didn't watch it. So I think you're like 99% of Americans there with that. Um, did you? Yeah, you know, 
I, and I don't know. I don't know what the results of me watching would have been. I don't know if I would have been able to put together like a particularly interesting take on like, you know, this old dude lying to people for 90 minutes. Uh, I find the whole thing to be very performative, um, which, you know, I guess we're not exactly hitting on anything profound there. So no, I didn't watch it. I've heard some mixed things about it, but um, I think that the average American and we see this in polling reflected is more in tune with how the branded administration has affected their day to day, regardless of what he's going to get up there and, and tell people. So very true, sir. So uh, I'm sure you saw the clips on Twitter of the Sam Smith performance at the Grammys where he was dancing in a circle with whatever he was trying to do there. Uh, people thought it was Satan worshiping. Um, what is the normalization of this content in our, our TV screens being seen by little kids all the way up to 90 year olds? What does this say to our country and our culture? Uh, I mean, this country like worships Satan. I mean, literally. Um, and I, I don't mean that in the sense that people are, you know, participating in rituals and things like that. I'm sure that does happen at the higher levels of power in this country um, and across the world, wherever you're seeing. We are having connection issues with Mr. Doyle. I don't know if it's my whatever they want and uh, not be we good. You cut out a little bit there. Um I don't know if you can. What was, what was the last thing you heard, GOP Josh? Something about worshiping, uh, actual uh, ceremonies worshiping, and then you cut out just completely. So true. Um, <laughs> it's not so much in the sense that you're cutting out again. The the plan not trusters are are running Zoom right now. They are trying to take down this show. I think you're back. Real. I think you're back. I'm trying to shut it down. I'm trying to shut it down. All right. Um, okay. All right, let's go. Um, it's it's not so much that people are participating in these rituals and masks. I'm sure that does happen to some degree in any where there's power in the world, particularly in the West. Um, it's more so that the ethos of this country, broadly speaking, embodies Satanism in the sense that Satanists don't necessarily believe that you have to be an evil person, you know, slaughtering goats and doing these weird things. Satanists literally believe that they should be free to do whatever they want. I think the satanic motto or whatever is do as thou wilt, like do as you will without having to worry about regulations imposed by God or social institutions or, you know, your family, things like that. Uh, and that's what liberalism is. I mean, you know, it is sort of like boomer tier, I guess, in some regards to say that, oh, the Democrats, they're worshiping Satan. But it is true in the sense that like liberals fundamentally believe that they should be able to do the same. They should be able to do whatever they want without having to worry about biology, religion, uh, you know, nationality, culture, things like that. So it's no surprise to me that we're starting to see this become more openly accepted in the mainstream, you know, Satanism, like literally as a cult practice in terms of this, you know, artistic performance in front of all these elite people. Um, and I mean, even like the early feminists, for example, like were Satanists because they viewed Satan to be the entity who liberated, you know, woman from God, things like that. So when the more you read into the backgrounds of these people, the more apparent it becomes. And I think that the well-meaning American patriot is just now kind of realizing how bad our situation really is. Um, and so I think it's probably just going to get worse from here. So we have these blatant displays of, of Satanism that we saw at the Grammys and, and places like that, but it's a lot more subtle in a lot of other forms of media. And we have some people on the right wing trying to change that, but overall it is just completely just overridden with with satanic mentions through disney through nickelodeon through the back ends of that is there anything we can do as a conservative movement to stop that um i think there's probably two things we can do the first one is actually 
easier than the second one, but people aren't as inclined to do it because they're afraid of it. And I would say that is to like literally ban these types of things from happening. And conservatives are always afraid to do that because we hear the word ban and we think like, oh no, we're not supposed to ban things because isn't that what the left does? And then they'll get into power and they'll ban things. They view political power as like this pendulum. And it's almost like, were you ever a WWE fan? I was not, but I've watched some of it, but I was never like a a major fan. Sorry to disappoint. So there's this trope in WWE that like I think is so cemented into the consciousness of like the right wing where, you know, the ref will be like turning one way and some guy will like bring in a steel chair and then he'll go to use it. But then, you know, the guy gets up and he'll hit him and now the steel chairs on the ground. And then, you know, the ref will somehow in the mix of things get knocked on the ground. And then the guy who didn't even bring in the steel chair, well, he's going to pick it up and then he's going to and the audience is like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. I think that's how like our voters largely view politics where they're like oh if we do something effective well what if they use it against us and it's like they're going to do it anyways politics is not a pendulum it's more of a ratchet where it just keeps turning in one way until your kids are being mutilated by their kindergarten teachers or at least being encouraged to so i think that if we basically did something like you know censoring content that is demonstrably harmful to the average viewer and I, I take sort of a precedent with like with the Supreme Court ruling on obscenity, like, you know, when you see it, you know, they're going to want to intellectualize and get into the weeds about, well, who defines what's our, like me, me and GOP Josh, like Very we'll true. take care of it. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to display things like that. I think on general television, if you want to put it behind a paywall, put it behind a subscription or something, that's a different conversation. But in terms of people just, you know, clicking channels or whatever, coming across something like that, I think that would be bad. And so, and this, by the way, is a long standing tradition in Western society in English common law, censoring things that we know are harmful to society. Um, You know, this has just been going on forever. And then the second thing I think we could do, but we don't really know how to do, along with the first one, I guess, is creating art and culture uh, on our side. The reason we don't know how to do that is because we don't even know what it means to be right wing or conservative. So conservatives will make like conservative art and it'll be like, a a painting of Ronald Reagan, you know, shooting an Uzi, riding like a velociraptor. And they're like, this is so right wing. It's not though, you know, you can like do stuff like that. It's not actually conservative. It's not actually right wing because we've reduced all these things to like bumper stickers and, you know, various things that are funny, but ultimately not true. Socialism sucks. Big government sucks. Just to to throw out there. So you could make like a, you know, a right wing movie. And what is it? It's a movie about like gun owners or it's a movie about like, uh, I really don't know what else we've seen. I mean, even like some of the right wing movies that have come out that have been produced by right wing film studios nominally have been like a girl fighting back against like a school shooter. And it's like, okay, well, that's still like kind of feminist, actually, when you think about it, like the idea that this young girl is going to be braver than all of her male classmates, like really we're supposed to buy. Oh, but it's about sticking up for yourself. Okay, sure. Um, But if you did something even as simple, GOP Josh, as painting a mural on the side of a building of like a mother holding her child or like a something like that, that is very natural. If you did that in a major city, it would be defaced or vandalized within 48 hours by some communist, by some Antifa person. And our voters would scratch their heads at that and not understand why. But the communist knows very well why. It's because that is a declaration of something natural and something beautiful and the inflection point between the two. Something natural depicted in a beautiful way. A mother cradling her child, you know, a normal, healthy looking family, uh, anything like that. 
is actually an example of right-wing art. So when we think of right-wing art, we can't think about it so much as how our policies can be reflected through art. It's more how things that are good and pure and natural can be displayed in a beautiful way, in a way that makes sense to people. So many of like the most common themes in our movies are right-wing, but we don't even realize it because they're just normal. They kind of go over our head. We're like, oh, shouldn't that just, of course, be this way? So it really is a matter of literally like creating art that reflects things that are traditional that are natural and just that simply aren't like gay or enforcing social narratives that we all know instinctively are backwards. And we'll get into a lot of that um, mutation and the actual gay marriage later. But if you painted that mural and it was Pete Buttigieg and whatever his boyfriend's name is up there on that holding their two kids that he took three months off for a paternity leave on, that'd be praised. It'd be if you touched it, you're going to get arrested yeah. and thrown in jail for uh, for defacing property. But I wanted to yeah. get into something that'll probably get me taken off YouTube, not the first time. Um, did you see the Pfizer executive on uh, Project Veritas that had that leaked video where he m said they want to mutate the virus to get the vaccine early? Yes. What are your thoughts on that, just overall? Um, I mean, you know, as a content creator, I am frustrated that, like, these people are allowed to say privately what we were all uh, getting in trouble for saying publicly. That is frustrating, but I guess that's to be expected. Um, I do think it's interesting how like Project Veritas is willing to go to these lengths to actually get like groundbreaking stories. You know, they'll like make fake grinder accounts and pretend to be gay to go on like dates with these people. And it's also interesting to me, like if you look at the state of that man, you know, he's obviously like uh, the physiognomy is a little iffy and he's like very willing to just like spill all of this information to impress who he believes is like like his dates. And so there's just a lot going on there, but yeah, I can't say it's anything particularly. Reason number 20. Fortunate. All right. You're back. Okay. You just cut out a little bit. I heard most of it. I was going to say reason number th uh, like 27, you can't upload content. Your, your Wi-Fi is terrible, man. <laughs> Um, real uh no i'm very i'm very blessed to have been in a situation that didn't really put a lot of pressure on me to get vaccinated it was just pretty easy for me to just say no um and unfortunately a lot of americans can't say the same thing and unfortunately a lot of them uh perhaps understandably made a decision that hopefully they don't end up uh regretting or their family members don't end up regretting so yeah i think that uh we need to have some form of like nuremberg trials for these people people in media people in government people in big pharma who colluded to basically enforce this narrative and their prescription for it upon the american people upon the world and uh, what we're seeing as a result of that i don't necessarily get as tinfoil hat as some people um not because i'm against to it like i would love to like put me in I, i'm very ready to go there but i just i don't know it hasn't been as alarming as a lot of people have have predicted it um to be but it is noticeable i mean what you're seeing in terms of people teenagers athletes just dropping like flies celebrities all either dropping well not all but either dropping or having like a weird things like justin bieber or bruce willis so it is definitely noticeable. And I think a lot of the uh, willingness to ignore that is coming from people who have been jabbed and who just don't want to lose the coin toss. They don't want to be wrong because they know what that implies for uh, their health and for their longevity. So, All right. I completely agree with you there on everything that I could hear. I know it, you, I heard most of it there. So uh, that's my question on the jab. I wanted to get that out there because it's probably the most important issue of our time right now outside of grooming, which we're going to get into next. Um, this is actually a, a question kind of I, I changed a little bit from a listener question. He said his 10-year-old sister is being indoctrinated through YouTube and through content on there. 
The youth is being indoctrinated into liberalism and homosexuality through schools, YouTube, friends, and even some of their parents that are just out there saying, my child is gay at six months old before they can even talk. Um, what can conservatives do through our school system, through our content system? I know you kind of got into this before, but I want to go more into the school side of it than, than content because I think that's where most of it's happening. Um, j- just stop the indoctrination. Uh you should run for school board. You should get involved because here's the thing. Parents might not be willing to die on this hill, but they all know, you know, parents at private dinners will say, Oh, I don't really care. It's just a different choice. It's just a preference. They know what it is because if they really believe that they wouldn't be against their children being groomed into it. Like everybody knows that this does not occur naturally. They've tried to find the gay gene. They've tried to find some genetic component. Everybody knows that it's a result from some form of grooming, whether it's like a disordered or disrupted like development into your, you know, respectively masculine or feminine identity, or it's because there was trauma that unfortunately happened to you at a young age. Uh, Everybody knows kind of what causes these identities to develop. And so they are rightfully pushing back against the efforts of these types of people to groom their children into um, identifying as such as well. So you would be surprised how much power there is in local politics. People who tend to follow politics, I think, tend to romanticize the national component of it. But if you run for school board, I mean, you're voting on the curriculum. You're voting on things like that. Uh, You can run for state politics, state-level politics as a representative. Depending on your state, it's like you'd be surprised how easy it is to primary, how easy it is to get elected. If you have, you know, some money to spend, if you have even an average network for a middle-aged professional, you would be surprised how easy it is. And if you do that, then you just simply have to not sell out and do the right thing. And if, you know, even 10% of the people who just entertained that idea is like, you know, I think I could do this. I think I could probably pull this off. Actually did it. We would be in a much better position because, you know, the federal government, yeah, they have influence. Yeah. They can direct funding, but if enough, right. uh, If enough red States actually started taking a stand on education and firstly, starting with preventing this type of stuff to be disseminated to our children, uh, we'd be in a much better position 10 years from now in terms of the collective mental and spiritual well-being of our children. If more people attended school board meetings and if everyone that ran a congressional campaign or a Senate campaign that lost the primary ran, used that name recognition they had and ran a local race, that we're we're good on the issues, we'd be in a much better place right now. A lot of them are just kind of going away or going to run for Congress again. Run for state representative, state Senate, school board, state school board. I know in Ohio, I don't know if it's elected in Texas or Michigan, But I know in Ohio, it's an elected position for state school board. And very seldom ever is it a contested race uh, for those positions. They're nonpartisan positions. They're hard to follow, but they are very important. Um, Yeah, if you're in like federal poll, like if you go and you're in Congress in D.C., uh, the amount of power you have isn't actually going to be yours. I mean, you're basically going to be reading bills written by lobbyists. You're going to receive, you know, notes on what to vote for, what not to vote for. You can put up a fight if you want, but I mean, I haven't really seen anybody. I mean, Matt Gates is pretty solid. Um, Paul Gosar is pretty solid. There's a lot of people who are in this new class of, uh, you know, GOP po- politicians who are actually very good. But in terms of like, you know, your state, your community being affected. If you get into DC, you're pretty much going to be divorced from that. So if you're really immediately concerned with your community, which is why you want to get involved in politics in the first place, it makes more sense both strategically and I guess logically to pursue state level politics, pursue your school board, your city council, even uh, things like that. And plus, you know, if you're a parent, you have kids, you don't want to get involved in politics anyway at that level. I mean, they're going to come for you. They're going to ruin your life. They're going to make your children's lives miserable. You can actually retain 
maintain a relative degree of normalcy by not taking on the full beast by just, you know, kind of doing what needs to be done locally. Absolutely right, sir. So um, I believe you've gone to drag queen story time hours, haven't you? And drag queen shows that they're inviting oh, kids yes. to. I've seen that on my friend's channel. He got like a thousand subscribers from reposting your stuff. I thought it was funny. Um, but you've been in these events. I don't know if you've actually been inside or just outside. But are these more to these events than we actually see on social media that actually go on? Because I saw a kid that had a microphone in the crotch that he was standing there with a drag queen. Is there more to those than we see? Yeah, yeah. And that's why they prevent the recording of it. Because, you know, if it was, first of all, if it were entertainment, of course they would want it to be recorded and shared. I mean, that's the purpose of entertainment. Let alone family-friendly entertainment, in which case, like, why would you not? So the Let the PBS the crew version, in there and, and film it. Let the PBS really? crew. See, this is what I'm saying, GOP Josh, but the fact that they have an aversion to it is in itself an indictment because they know what they're doing. The people taking their children to these events, they know what they're doing, but they have to conceal it because, you know, they don't want uh, this type of, I guess, content to incriminate them. And that's like really kind of the big tell. If because they say, well, when people come in, they videotape it, you know, that makes violence against us a, a possibility. If accurately describing or showcasing your behavior means that people are going to want to hurt you, that says more about like you than it does people, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of depraved stuff going on there. Like the one that we covered in Dallas, for example, was at this gay bar and they had like these neon signs on the walls that said like it's not going to lick itself. And there are these children, single moms. I didn't see a single dad there you know, bringing their children to these events because they think it's cool to like have a gay kid. It like provides them some form of, I guess, moral authority over other parents or maybe they're just trying to get back at their ex-husbands. Honestly, I think that's probably the case in most uh, instances especially you're seeing these poor young boys so yeah and, and you know that's the thing too i mean you're talking about texas texas is supposed to be the state that is so red it's like the butt end of jokes but this is happening in texas we just saw i think two days ago oklahoma you had a bunch of trans activists storming their state capital they had their own little insurrection there of course nothing was done about it it wasn't reported on uh, there's going to be no investigation or anything like that. So, I mean, you're seeing this in all sorts of Idaho is having problems with this. So there really doesn't seem to be a sort of escape anymore because the way that everything is on social media, everything is so centered around technology. They're actually able to basically do the equivalent of like dropping paratroopers behind what's supposed to be our lines to then convert the minds of our children into supporting these types of uh, lifestyles and ideologies. And we just don't have a defense for that yet because parents believe, understandably but naively, that as long as their children are in their house, they're okay. You know, oh, well, hey, at least they're not out partying. It's literally worse what they're watching on YouTube and on TikTok. I mean, these things are literally designed to like make your kids uh, hate you, hate themselves, question all sorts of aspects of their identity. So it's not good, GOP Josh. I mean, while we're talking about Texas, not to go into personal details, but the Senator uh, Ted Cruz's daughter is very bought into that side as well. She's, I think they had like uh, self-harm calls and everything like that yeah. to that side. So even if you're a senator, a conservative senator, the best senator in America that some of the, some people say, I don't agree, but um, you, you can't even be protected there. Um, the Respect for Marriage Act, I want to get into that. The bill that passed in the last Congress with like 100, uh, 100 Republican votes between the House and the Senate. Why is the left, or why is the right, I'm sorry, the, the Republican Party, normalizing gay marriage and how is this destroying our culture and our political party just normalizing just taking what was mainstream or, or even left wing for the democratic party 10 years ago and now 100 of our representatives are voting for it um well the answer i would like to give you 
is that it's because they think it's going to help them win gay votes, which is probably true. There are probably some people who believe that. Uh, it's also probably true that they just never cared in the first place. They're weak. You know, we always cave to what the left says. But in terms of how politics works, you know, doing favors for your friends, uh, dispensing patronage, a lot of it is literally because so much of our party is staffed by homosexual men and women. And, you know, there are a lot of women who do great work. I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that with some of these like based Zoomers, but it is true. A lot of women do great work in GOP politics. A lot of gay guys do great work in GOP politics. But if you're talking about, you know, who's responsible for this, you know, you kind of, it gets into a problem. So, uh, you know, this is not about an individual thing. It's about a group tendency thing. That is why, I mean, there's a lot of deeply closeted or even, you know, somewhat public, maybe gay guys working in GOP politics. I see this with women too. You know, so much of the problems that we see with like, you know, why are corporations going woke? Why is everything woke? You're not having like these Chad CEOs making like an easy seven figure salary at these big companies. They're not coming in and giving a crap about, you know, like diversity and, you know, equality. They're like, you know, the top of their game, they're like these silver foxes. It's the middle managers. It's all these like millennial women who come in there and they're, they're fresh out of Georgetown or wherever. And they want to run things. They want to, you know, diversity inclusion. They get into HR. And that's the problem because then, you know, the CEO or whoever ever gets a, a memo on his desk like hey man we're gonna have to like run this ad they ha- they really don't want that war because then if they get that war uh they're gonna be ousted from the board so that's a little bit of a diversion but in terms of like you know who's actually culpable for these types of trends uh it's of course our party it's of course you know the whole woke culture but the reason that we don't have the men why well, i maybe that's too literal the reason we don't have a defense there to stop these things from happening is because so much of our team has become people who are the least likely to defend against that because they're highly susceptible to emotional conditioning. Uh, They're generally agreeable or they themselves happen to be in support of it because of their lifestyle or their background or something like that. So. Absolutely right. One thing I I gravitated towards your channel. I'm a fan is, is you say what others won't. And I don't know how you're still on YouTube. I don't know how you have, how you haven't been taken down yet from there, but I want to talk about uh, lately Trump and DeSantis. Have you seen the truth social battle that's going on there with with Trump just railing yes. on Ron DeSantis? What are your thoughts just generally on the battle? I know you made a, a great video about the undoing of the Trump revolution. Is that what it was called? Great video. The plotted, the plotted undoing. Plotted un- undoing. Josh. I'm sorry. I forgot the very, plotted. Very nefarious. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I've seen the posts. I don't know. I, I'm not in love with that from Trump. I understand it. Uh, I think that it's better for him to start attacking. It's sort of, you know, um, a sign to DeSantis that, you know, he's not going to let up uh, if DeSantis chooses to run. I do also think DeSantis is doing the right thing by not responding. I think that makes him look very good, especially because the big argument for DeSantis is that, you know, he's a statesman. He gets things done. He's not worried about this like petty type of stuff. Uh, However, you know, a big argument for Trump is exactly the opposite in the sense that Trump gets in there, tells everybody to F off. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. And this is the kind of guy that you need in DC, which I happen to be sympathetic to. So um, I don't really know. I think that a lot of the usual suspects are of course like, how could he say this about Ron DeSantis or whatever? And then I think a lot of people on Trump's side are maybe a little bit um, 
uh, too excited about it. So I'm just eager to see it go down or not go down. Um, I, I think that Trump's been doing very well recently in terms of his policy output, his rhetoric, things like that. It's been very on point. I think he's fixing behind the scenes a lot of personnel issues, which were damning for him in his first administration. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good contest. Uh, and I'm hoping to see Trump back in the White House. Do you see DeSantis hopping in? I would get if I had to bet, I would say, yeah, um, I think that there are too many moves being made right now to suggest otherwise. Um, he, he's, you know, a lot of people are whispering in his ear, a lot of veteran GOP strategists and consultants and donors and all these people. They just want to return to the pre-Trump era of GOP politics, and they see that opportunity in DeSantis. Um, so I, I would guess that that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. One more thing about politics. Um, Ronna Romney McDaniel was reelected to chairwoman of the uh Republican Party, what can the grassroots do and the conservatives that actually watch your content and actually care about our country? Uh, what can we do to actually elect good Republicans and good conservatives that aren't tied to the party, possibly um, with lackluster leadership, not behind them? You just have to show up. I mean, I was at this t- the Texas State Capitol a few weeks ago, and everybody who showed up to yell at these people for not being right wing enough were like middle aged moms. And I was like watching this happen and I was trying to figure out how I was going to explain this to like my audience who largely would be like, women shouldn't be involved in politics. And it's like, dude, that's like so true. When you're king, you can like do that. But in terms of right now, why aren't the young men there? Why are men in general there? You know, it's really easy to say like the 19th amendment, but it's like in terms of right now, where are you guys at? They're just, you know, they're not there. So I would say uh, you have to get involved. You have to bully your local GOP official. You have to bully your local GOP chapter. Not chapter, excuse me, um, office, because these people who, you know, a lot of people who get involved in politics really just like the image of it. They like the photos, they like the parties, the suits, whatever. And if they get too anxious, they will buckle. And you see this a lot because like we mentioned with the slippery slope, people bully them, they get anxious. Next thing you know, they're voting to enshrine uh, same-sex marriage at the federal level. You can do this the opposite way too. You bully them, next thing you know, they're voting to make it illegal to bring children to drag shows or something like that. You just have to bully them. You have to door knock, you have to phone bank. And that's not fun. That's not a fun thing to do, but it is necessary. Everyone wants the easy option, the sexy option. We're gonna go and we're gonna take back the country with power and it's like that's great but you really do need that kind of boots on the ground activism so you have to get on the phone you have to get out there um and the reason that the left is able to march down the field is because they can put the pressure on but it's also because they're very organized and gop is not organized at all this does however present a good opportunity for young men who are motivated because you can capitalize on that disorganization precisely to infiltrate to take positions of power locally work your way up uh you know you don't want to go in there and immediately start being like you know edgy and based and whatever just go in there present yourself well explain your ideas in a way that is you know palatable uh and you will be successful. Um, but people don't like to do that. People would rather just, you know, talk on the internet and do things like that. So we'll see. And this last question, and I agree hundred percent with everything you said, this is actually from talking about the party. My former boss with the Ohio Republican party is a big fan of yours as a man. The best thing that you can do uh, to help your country are to stop watching porn, start a family and submit to Christ. What would you look for in a potential spouse? Oh, GOP, Josh, let me tell you, man, we're in a tough position, you and I. These, you know, look, 
I, I, how do I explain this? We're in a tough position because we are working in right-wing politics, right? So the area where, because women like status, women like money, things like that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It just is what it is. The problem we have is our currency as, you know, status. I mean, I am like a relatively influential political actor, political commentator. You're GOP Josh. I mean, like I, if I had a wife, I wouldn't want you two in the same room. I'll just put it that way. Uh, this is not a redeemable currency in all aspects because certain women have been conditioned to be off put by you know right-wing politics things like that so it's not like you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever where this is you know redeemable across the board so we are in a position where the women that are most likely to find what we do and who we are attractive are women who work in politics or women who work in media or the inflection point between the two this also happens to be the place where you find the most insufferable types of women women who gravitate towards the attention towards the power so we're in a tough position gop josh i don't know what we're going to do but in terms of what i would look for you know i've always said this and i think this is correct all I would need to do to vet a wife is look at a photograph of her, like look at her SAT score and have a 30 minute conversation with her dad. I think that I could learn pretty much everything I would need to know about this person through those three metrics. Um, but yeah, I think it's, in, it's very important to find these women at church, at the farmer's market. I mean, think about areas where these types of women are the most likely to be, and you just have to go there. I mean, uh, you're not going to find them on dating apps. You're not going to find your wife, you know, at these, uh, you know, events, frankly, um, you're going to find her like being a normal person, being a normal, nice, modest young woman. Um, and yeah, I would say that valuing things like modesty, valuing things like, um, there's a certain, I guess, uh, I don't know if you would say grace or, or, uh, vivaciousness, you know, women who act like women, they're feminine, they're happy, they're soft. These women nowadays are very, like, they try to be this sort of like girl boss, androgynous, like masculine type. It's just, you know, it's very off-putting. So I don't know. I don't know, GOP Joss. Uh, I, I guess you'll have to, you and I will have to, we'll have to go to a sports bar or something. We'll have to, uh, you have to give me your best advice on how to woo women nowadays in contemporary America. I wish I knew my man. I wish I knew. So last question, I think I got this one the second most compared to uploading to YouTube. Would you ever run for office? Look, I I am planning on ascending to power slowly, okay? It's not uh it's not exactly laid out at the drawing board, but like I said, I don't expect talking about politics to be my final chair. So we're not going to see a John Doyle 2024 run for anything. It is not going to go slowly. Not going to primary Ted Cruz. You're not going to primary your representative. You're not going to run for president, for goodness sakes. I know you can't constitutionally, but I mean, come on, just take the power. Yeah, I wouldn't even be old enough. I wouldn't even be old enough. Look at you. You're probably this is an anti John Doyle comms op. You've been paid to do opposition research by trying to get me to say that I would disregard the Constitution, which, of course, you know, would be very off putting to our base. Uh, so nice try. You you're, try to outfox me. You're telling me that you don't want to suspend the Constitution, my man. You don't want to have an insurrection. You're telling me you don't want to do these things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, thank you, John Doyle. Uh, heck off commie on YouTube or actually at John Doyle on YouTube. Uh, plug your socials. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Comrade Doyle. I am back. You can find me on Instagram at johndoyle.jpg. My website is heckoffcomedy.com. And yes, of course, YouTube, where I regularly and frequently upload content. Uh, John Doyle. Three times a day. John Doyle, welcome, or welcome to the TCC again. Uh, thank you for joining me and you're welcome on any time. Thank you for having me. This has been tremendous. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to watching your ascent. Thank you very much. My name is GOP Josh. This has been The Conservative Crusader, back Friday with another episode. If I press the right button on my board, uh, this is GOP Josh. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader, and stay tuned. 
You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. <laughs> 